Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Father, we ask this morning that you would keep your promise, and we know you will, that where your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but will accomplish that purpose for which you send it forth. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' name, for us. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> Excuse me, kind of a frog in my throat this morning. Don't know how it got there, but anyway. Um, our passage this morning deals with leprosy. Leprosy is a slow-growing disease caused by a bacteria. You can have it for years before you know you have it, before it finally shows up in your flesh. Some people get it right away, others maybe years later uh, it shows up. It's, it's easily treated today with antibiotics. I say easily, I mean it, it's treatable. It's not easy. It takes six months to a year of treatment, but it's generally effective and the leprosy is gone. But before the modern times of antibiotics, the word leprosy struck fear in the hearts of those who heard it, who heard those words, you've got leprosy. Some people were left terribly disfigured by it. Others barely touched. It's, a, it's not an equal opportunity disease. In Jesus' day, it had to be diagnosed by a priest, and the priest would pronounce those words, you've got leprosy, and if you heard those words from the priest regarding you, then your life changed from that moment on, and you would go home, and you would say goodbye to your spouse and your children, and you would move out to the edge of town or, or maybe be a wanderer. You would find maybe a shack or a cave to live in. Perhaps you would see your family now and then, but only at a distance. Maybe your spouse or children would bring food to the edge of town and set it on a rock for you, at least at the beginning of your disease, while they, there was still plenty of food in the household. But the leper always had to maintain a distance, a social distance, we might say, of, of about four paces. That's 10 to 12 feet. That's a little more extreme than our social distancing today, isn't it? But that wasn't the most humiliating thing. The most humiliating thing of all was that if anybody began to approach you, you had to, at least if you still had vocal cords, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean, as they approached. So they would know that you were a leper and not get any closer. Unclean. That's what a dead body was. That's the way lepers were considered in those days. Can you imagine the loneliness in that kind of isolation? Knowing that you may live for years like that in that isolation, maybe decades in that isolation, because like I said, leprosy is a slow-growing disease, slowly being more and more disfigured for some of those people. It is not good for man to be alone, God said. And of course, he's right. He's God. Of course, he's right. 
So in our lesson today, we come upon a group of men, all of whom were outcasts, all of whom had the disease of leprosy. And because misery loves company, they bind themselves together. All ten of them. Nine Jewish men and one Samaritan. And there they are on the border between, uh, between Galilee and Samaria, the Bible says. Now, normally, Samaritans and Jews have nothing to do with each other. But, of course, this isolation and the, this disease, the, the things that bound them were stronger than their prejudice that separated them. And so they bound themselves together. And that's where we find them when Jesus comes upon them for a divine appointment in Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. And here is what we read. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, notice it's as he enters the village, they're, they're out on the outskirts of town. They're not in the town, not, not in downtown. They're not allowed. As he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. And notice who stood afar off just like they were supposed to. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And we'll stop there for a minute, because this is an interesting command that Jesus gives them. Go show yourselves to the priests. Why? Well, just because, I mean, for the same reason that it was the priest who pronounced them unclean in the first place, it had to be a priest that pronounced them clean. Every now and then, a, person, a person's own immune system would overcome the disease of leprosy and they would be healed. They would go to the priest and he would then pronounce them clean again. And so Jesus tells these men to go and find the priests, and they're a long ways away. They're up on the border of Samaria and Galilee. That's a, think of that. I mean, that's, that's two counties away almost, or at least a county and a half away from, from where the priests are in Jerusalem. Pretty fair distance. And so uh, notice what Jesus tells them to do. Go show yourselves to the priests as if they'd already been healed. But they hadn't already been healed. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Everything about these men told them they were still sick. They still had, the, still had the deformities. They still had the patches on their skin that told them they were sick. They still felt sick. But Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest as if you're not sick, as if you've been healed. And so in faith, they obey what Jesus told them to do. And I'd like to make a word of application here. And it is this. They obeyed when Jesus told them to do something that was absolutely, uh, I don't know, absolutely astonishing. Go show yourselves to the priest while you're still sick. What's the priest going to do? He's already told them they were sick, right? No, they believed what Jesus told them to do would result in their healing. They didn't know when, they didn't know how, but they believed him, and so they left to go do it. And when Jesus gives you a command... You can believe it is for your good. You may not understand everything in the Bible. 
You may not understand every path down which God leads you, but you can trust him and you can keep following. Let's go back to our lesson. Got to find my place here. There we are. And so it was that as they went on, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I'd like to say a word about this, this, this guy that returned and the nine who didn't. And these are not my words. I'm, I'm not this, uh, this erudite, but... Um, These are the words of a Bible scholar who is commenting on this passage, and he says this. They all had faith enough in Jesus to ask for healing. But in the heart of the one, out of the faith that made him too cry to Jesus for mercy, and out of the word of Jesus that healed him, something was born in him that was not born in the other nine. Something that drew him back to Jesus in spite of the decision of the other nine to go on, something that could not draw the others because it was not born in them, because they grasped only at the healing and not at the healer. Wow, isn't that profound? They wanted the healing more than they wanted the healer. That's important because every one of these men who was healed that day came to a point in his life when his life ended. Maybe he got sick, maybe he got leprosy again. We don't know. We don't have any clue to the rest of their lives, but we do know this. Not one of them is alive today. They all died. And on that day, how much more important it is to know the healer than the healing. I'd like to say a word also about gratitude. Gratitude to God. This man came back to say thank you to Jesus, to praise God for his healing. I'll bet not one of us in this room has ever been diagnosed with leprosy. How much more ought we give thanks? that We've never been diagnosed with it. We've never had to live with it. We've never been an outcast like that though we may have been an outcast in some other ways from people whom we did not want to be an outcast from, never for leprosy, how much more thanks do we owe to God that we've never had it? Don't we forget? Don't we forget the things we ought to say thank you for? So many blessings come our way, and they never cross our mind that they're even blessings. We might not have had leprosy, but there is a terrible uncleanness I'll confess, that resides in me. And maybe, well, no maybe about it, it also resides in you. It's an uncleanness that oftentimes we try to cover up, but it slips out in the ways that we treat other people, slips out in the things that we say about them, 
in the times when we cave into temptation to sin, to lie, to lust, to laziness. That uncleanness is sin, and it must be removed. And thankfully, Jesus is the healer of this uncleanness as well. And what he has done is taken all of my sins and all of my wretchedness and all of my uncleanness that just oozes out of me on a daily basis and yours too. He has washed it all away with his own blood that oozed out of him. He washed it all away with his own blood when he died for our sins. He has removed your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. To you and me today, he simply says, whoever believes on me has everlasting life. May God grant that for you and me. Amen. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, you have mercifully cleansed all who believe from the fearful leprosy of sin. And you daily grant us your help in all our need. And so we ask you that you would enlighten our hearts by your Holy Spirit so that we might never forget these blessings, but that we might live in thankfulness, live in your fear, fully trusting in your grace, and that our hearts might continually be light and praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Grace of God and the communion of the Father. I said that backwards. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of God the Father, the communion of the Holy Spirit and the love of God the Father be and abide with you all. Amen.